Welcome into the Original Gangsters podcast. I am your host, Scott Bernstein, along with my co-host, partner in crime, the Dr. Jimmy Bucciolato. Hi, everyone. And JB. And we got Ben uh, producing us, as as always. And um, thank you, Ben. We haven't been in studio together. Right, we're in studio weeks. now for the first time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and um, we got a great episode for you. Um, there was a wrongful death lawsuit that had been um, in the court system out in New Jersey for the last 11 years um, that was tied to allegations of police corruption and a mob hit from 2007. So we're going to discuss, uh, you know, kind of from top to bottom, what led to this mob hit. It's the um, murder of Frankie Logano, who was a Lucchese soldier um, who was murdered in the spring of 2007. And his family, uh, five years later, brought a wrongful death lawsuit against Bergen County, uh, New Jersey, against their prosecutor's office. And uh, at the time was the, the head of the detective bureau there um, and alleged in this lawsuit that Bergen County leaked the fact that Logano was a cooperator with the state police in New Jersey. Um, at that time, he was under indictment for a case that was known as Operation Jersey Boys, which we'll get into, and um, was a state case, but took down, I think, three or four different crime families in New Jersey. And the, the lawsuit said that detectives in Bergen County, or a detective in Bergen County, um, was angered by this cooperation and leaked the the knowledge of the cooperation to the Lucchese's and shortly thereafter, Frankie Logano was gunned down uh, in broad daylight in front of his um, Seville diner in East Brunswick, New Jersey. And we've, we talked about it on here before. There has not been for, for a, um, an American mafia that was so murderous for so long. Um, there's, there was kind of a point after the turn of the century, nine 11 where murder really became more of a last resort measure. And there's probably only been, you know, less than 20 murders in, in all of the United States, uh, you know, mafia families, you know, in the last 25 years, I would say less than one a year. And that might even be, yeah. um, probably the least amount of bloodshed. we've ever Right. Seen. And, and, and I, and, and me saying 20 might be overshooting it. It might be more like 10. You know what? Interesting. That's even a trend in Sicily too. Yeah. Not in Calabria or Napoli. It's different, but in Cosa Nostra, Sicily, and here, it's, it's probably the least amount of bloodshed we've seen ever in those uh, in that culture. So this was, uh, even though it happened 16 years ago, it's one of the more recent um, New York mob murders, and a, a federal judge in New Jersey uh, tossed the wrongful death lawsuit. Uh, as of the last couple of weeks, uh, it was, like I said, it was in the court system for 11 years. And as of right now, there's no more litigation and Bergen County has been exonerated. And the former head detective in Bergen County, a guy named Mike Mordaga, who now is the police chief of Hackensack, New Jersey. Uh, I, I would, he had a, a big cloud hanging over his head the, these last 10 Plus years, and and I'm sure that he feels like a, a giant weight has been lifted off his shoulders. He's been exonerated, at least in in, in terms of this uh, wrongful death lawsuit. So you know, let's let's unpack it, Jimmy. Do you have any initial 
initial thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's a fascinating story because it ties into uh, allegations of police corruption. Um, we have these interesting examples of partnerships between Cosa Nostra families and other crime groups, specifically the Bloods um, street gang. And uh, you, you have an unsolved murder. Um, there's just a lot of different angles here. I think it's a, a really interesting uh, story. And it, it ends up tying into big names, Maddie Madonna. Like, there's, there's just a lot of moving targets. The Perna here. Crew in New Perna Jersey. Crew, right. So it's it's pretty exciting story. I'm not saying it's exciting that someone was, someone was killed, but I'm just saying. It's for, just compelling. It's, it's, compelling it's a riveting narrative right. that yes. we're hoping to unspool for you over the next hour or so. Yeah. So you, do you want to start with, like, Let's, say, let's talk about who Frankie Logano right, was. Right, right. Unpack that. Yeah. So Frankie Logano was a, I would, you know, categorize him as a Wall Street gangster. Um, he was an outlier in, in the sense that he was a member of organized crime with not just a college education, but an Ivy League yeah. college education. He had a, had a degree in economics from Columbia. Um, and he was a guy that uh, was an earner. Um, was very diversified in his uh, holdings. He was a, a you know a boardroom good fella that knew his way around uh, white collar rackets. Wasn't the type of guy that was going to be utilized by the Lucchese's for muscle work. I, I I know he had guys that did muscle work for him. There was uh, I think there was some some testimony in a case uh, after he passed uh, one of his uh, former a, a non mafia member who owned like a construction company said uh in his testimony that yeah I, frank you know i i would go to frankie logano and frankie logano had people that were um loyal to him that would handle my muscle work sure. or handle our yeah, muscle imagine, work. yeah, yeah the, any of our adversaries that needed to be put in line we'd go to frankie logano logano would go to his his thugs or whatever so uh you know just based on some people I've spoken to and going through court files and FBI records, it looks like Logano was close early on in his rise uh, in organized crime to little Al Diarco, who was the acting boss of the Lucchese's and eventually flipped and entered witness protection. And we both found it interesting that what sent Al Diarco into the arms of the government was a meeting in 1991 in Manhattan uh, at the Kimberly Hotel, which was, uh, I don't know if it's still around, but at the time it was a uh, luxury hotel. And Diarco was going to meet with members of the Lucchese's crime family. And Frank Legano was his driver, I guess. He accompanied Diarco to this, uh, this very famous, I guess now, uh, meeting in 1991 that Al Diarco fled from, like bolted out the door after like five minutes of being in the room because he thought that They're it was right. a hit. He thought it was a hit. Uh, and then, Did Logano have his button by that point? Do we know? Was he I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could you know, yeah. give you more insight into that. Did Logano get his button in the 80s? Did he get in the 90s? But we know by the early 2000s, he's a made guy. And he is overseen in addition to you know, all the rackets he was running. He got caught up in a, in a state prosecution known as Operation Jersey Boys, which focused on a gambling and loan sharking ring right outside of the Meadowlands. So it's East Rutherford, New Jersey, you know, the, the 
iconic sports venue, New York Giants, New York Jets play. Uh, there was a bar down the street, an Italian cafe, restaurant bar type thing. Um, Roma Cafe or something like it that. Might I, can't, been, I can't yeah. remember. But and, it, and it was uh, it was like ground zero for, for this operation. And, and, and this particular operation included like four crime, fam- three or four crime families. Uh, I know the, the, the lead defendant in the case was Joe the Eagle Gatto, who was the capo for the Genovese in Jersey. His, his dad was Streaky Gatto, who ran the New Jersey Genovese uh, rackets for, for quite a while. Um, but Logano was one of the headlining defendants in this case that eventually was dropped in 0405. Because of some, uh, um, the, uh, the judge who was it, the judge who ordered the wiretap didn't have, wasn't privy to certain information. What there was some technical, the, ca- the, ca- the case eventually unraveled, right? But this was, we should be clear on the timeline, it didn't unravel until after Logano was murdered. So it started to unravel, I believe, in the late 2000s or in the, the case came down in 0405. It didn't unravel, I don't think, until 0809. So when Logano was killed in 07, that case was still, you know, a danger to people, at least yeah. in their mind. It was hanging over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. But it was some kind of technicality. It was that- pr- prosecu- prosecutorial misconduct. Yeah based on stuff that should have been shared that wasn't shared. Right. Like you're saying wiretaps yeah. that were authorized, but, but, but weren't uh, provided in the discovery. So I think even, even some of the guys who were accepting pleas, they were, all those charges were dropped. Nobody think, right? in, there was a case that I, I brought down dozens of wise guys. Right. Nobody did jail time. No, right, right. That's what I mean. The whole yeah. case was a, was a, um, was botched. Yes. Um, but we did, but that wasn't public knowledge uh, in the first couple of years after the question that it hadn't transpired, or at least it hadn't been, you know, red flagged as something that was going to uh, unravel the case. So case comes down and I think it was the end of Oh four. It was. Yeah. Um, and for, you know, for two years, Logano is, has, has this state racketeering case hanging over his head. And at some point in those couple of years, I think pretty early on, he cuts a cooperation deal with the state police. Now, according to the wrongful death lawsuit, before he cuts this deal with the state police, he had some form of relationship with Mike Mordaga, who was the head of the detective bureau at, in Bergen County. The, the, the lawsuit claims that they were good friends, business associates, that they vacationed together. Right. Um, Mordaga denied it. I think there was some evidence, uh, some wiretaps and whatnot that pointed to the fact that they did have some Social form of relationship. relationship. You know, from a naked eye and what the wrongful death suit was alleging was that Mordaga was worried when Logano got busted in Operation Jersey Boys, that Mordaga was worried that if Logano cooperated, he would be outed as a mob associate or, or someone that was crossing 
a boundary as a member of law enforcement. Right. He requested that Logano go to a specific attorney. And Logano told him, I'm not going to go to that attorney. I'm going to go to this other attorney. And this other attorney, I guess, was known for cutting deals with the government. This upset Mordaga. I think there were a couple, according to the lawsuit, there were a couple dinner meetings where Logano had to lay out to Mordaga that I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. I'm doing this. I don't know if this meant that he told him that he was cooperating with the state police or if he just told me he wasn't going to use the attorney that he was requesting. Yeah. I, according to the, the family's allegations, again, which that suit was dismissed, but that the, the cop promised him this attorney can make this all, all go away all if go you give away. him $50,000. Right. And right. there's also allegations on top of those allegations that Mordaga was in some form of racket with Logano where they were taking kickbacks from referrals to certain attorneys. Right. And so they would get a cut of the settlement. Yeah. Um, whatever that was ends up being resolved. Those cases are resolved. Yeah. And then there, I think there was also an allegation in the family's lawsuit that Logano used to lend him money, loan him money. Right. Too. Um, and Frank Locano in 2005 begins cooperating with, with the state police, specifically a guy named Jim Sweeney or James Sweeney. And the lawsuit alleges that in the months leading up to Logano's murder, that there was a leak from either the prosecutor or the police department directly to the Lucchese's. Now, let's be very clear that there's, there are no details behind these allegations. No. It's a lot of assumptions based on a lot of rumors and innuendo. So it's something that looks like, it looks smoky, but I, I, don't, see, I don't see a fire there. I don't see a 501 yeah, fire. Yeah, the, the family wanted to get their hands on these sealed documents, and they did. And I, they, they were sort of the, this sort of presumption that the smoking gun would be in those sealed documents. But it doesn't seem like yeah. that's true because it was ultimately dismissed. So, I mean, whatever Mordaga was doing, and the, the lawsuit was thrown out. So, Mordaga's clean. I mean, I don't think you can make allegations sure. and you, you can sit here and, and play the what if game and the I think game and I was told game. But according to the... The, the court of law in New Jersey, Mordaga is clean and, and none of these allegations were true. But I, I think you can have a situation where let's just for argument's sake, say that there was some illicit relationship between Logano and Mordaga. That doesn't mean right. that Mordaga had something to do with Logano's murder. And even if there was some type of illicit behavior going on, the statute of limitations are well past. For that, yeah. For that. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it, I mean, it, it definitely seems to me that it's possible that the Lucchese's had some kind of inside information because the timing of the execution is very yes. suspicious. But where that info, intel came from, we don't, right. we don't know. At least, at least this angle is put to rest, at least, you know, in the court system. So let's talk about the hit. Um, well, let's first talk about that in... Operation Jersey Boys, 
the ultimately doomed Operation Jersey Boy. The state police and the um, attorney general of, of uh, New Jersey put out a, a pyramid chart with how the money and power in that conspiracy between all those crime families flowed. And in that pyramid chart, Logano was the, the point man for the Lucchese crime family. And then right underneath Frankie Logano was little Joe Perna. And, you know, back in, in, the, in the early 2000s, late 90s, little Joe Perna wasn't anywhere near as big of a deal as he is now and his family is now. Uh, the Pernas, according to the, the government and according to guilty verdicts in a subsequent state racketeering case called Operation Heat, uh, the Pernas are the, the, New, the New Jersey Lucchese crew. And it's run by little Joe Perna's dad, uh, Big Ralph Perna. He was identified as a captain. He's a cap. He's a cop. A uh, cop. He runs yeah, all. He runs all of Lucchese's uh, Jersey rackets. And there's, it's a big. Per, it's a big family. With uh, there's two sets of Joe and John Pernas. But just to be clear, we're going to be taught today, tonight, today. We're just talking about Ralph Perna's sons, uh, little Joe and John. What they call Johnny Boy, uh, and. According to Operation Jersey Boys, little Joe Perna was the person that was responsible for collecting uh, all of the debts for the Lucchese's um, part of the conspiracy with this, uh, these gambling and loan sharking rackets being run out of East Rutherford. And these guys um, have that, from what I understand, talking to some sources, that trifecta that you talk about, earners, feared, <laughs> tough guys, and bluff. They, people and, and like people, them. and people, people like, like them. them. So they're, it's a pretty formidable crew we're talking about. Yeah. So little Joe Perna's name, uh, you know, for me, I I first started paying attention to him when he was spending a lot of time with Skinny Joey Merlino, the the boss of the, the Philadelphia Mafia, and government claims that the Pernas are. Uh, the Merlino Cruz contact point for the Lucchese crime family in general, but just the, the, they're, the, they're the Jersey guys. But if the, according to the government, if the Philadelphia mob wants to get word to Lucchese administrators, they go through the Pernos. Makes sense. Is, is not to derail this too much. Is Scarfo Jr. Part of the Jersey yes, crew? Part of that same crew. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. And I, I heard, I don't know exactly. You know, we're going to, get into this in a second there was a making ceremony uh in 2007 that we're going to talk about and nicky scarfo jr might have been there right not that he was made there but right. might have participated as a made member in inducting new made members. which is just like <laughs> not to derail this yeah but adds another layer of interest here because he has a complex relationship yeah, with, with skinny with merlino and the philadelphia yeah <laughs> right so well, Nicky Scarford Jr. had to leave the Philadelphia crime family after his dad went to prison. And if he wanted to stay in the mob, which he did, he was forced to, to go to New York and get made by the Lucchese's. Right. And then and then Nicky Scarfo was trying to hatch this scheme. Yeah. This harebrain this, this scheme in the in the two, late 2000s where little Nicky was sorry. Nicky Jr. was fleecing a bank for millions of dollars that. Little Nicky in prison 
thought that he was gonna be able to bribe his way back into into the boss's seat from prison when he was like in his 80s dying and yeah. thought he could install his son as the yeah. <laughs> harebrained is is an yeah. underest is a uh, it, you know it, it doesn't do justice to how the lunacy that was that yeah that, that plan wasn't very realistic so but but anyhow there's just again a lot of moving targets but but uh so Logano was tied back. to Perna was tied to the Perna crew in Operation Jersey Boys um that he reported to Ralph Perna and that little Joe was I don't want to say an Aaron boy because that's being disrespectful to little Joe but that little Joe was doing a lot of the legwork for yeah. Logano in that racket I being run out of East Rutherford. Like he was probably one of those guys that that earlier person was referring to. When yeah. Logano needs something done, yeah. he probably would go to... So at this point in time, uh, Joey, little Joe Parno would have been in his 30s. Um, and when Frankie Logano is murdered, the feds immediately start looking at the Pernas. And I believe, even though it's a officially an inactive investigation, I'm told that in the, in the fed file, when it comes to this homicide, the Perna crew are considered the top suspects, which, you know, as we, we understand mafia protocol. And if, if something's going wrong in your crew, not very often do you look to, you know, outsource no. the house cleaning. You're kind of, expected to do your own housekeeping yeah and, they, and, they, and they're the ones in proximity to yeah. to the person so it's also more practical so that's again it's all alleged there's been no charges uh frank Lugano owned the seville diner which i guess i'm not from east uh brunswick but um i, I heard it's it, it's kind of a uh well it's been closed for a couple of years it's supposed to reopen this spring actually but it, it was like a staple uh, right on, I think Route 18, and uh, was like there for before Frank Logano bought it. It was something that was just a very popular spot to go, you know, get a burger and fries. Uh, Logano purchased a piece of it, I think, in 04, 05. Um, and he's murdered in broad daylight on a crowded thoroughfare in the parking lot. Of his own diner, he shot once in the back of the head as he gets out of his BMW. Yeah, it, it's pretty, uh, as, as mentioned earlier, pretty brazen. And he wasn't found for like three or four hours. Oh, I, did, I didn't. He was just like that. lying in the parking lot, dead. And I think one of his family members came out a couple of hours later. And found oh, him. was that? I wonder if he was parked in back or something. Yeah, like I don't that. know. I don't know for sure. But it's, it's definitely a high profile um, execution. Um, so oh, I'm going to throw one thing out there and then I'm going to, I'm going to make a point and then I'm going to throw it to Jimmy. I don't believe in coincidences in studying this type of stuff. So, you know, you make of it what you want. Almost six months to the day of this, uh, murder, the Perna boys, Joey Perna and Johnny Perna. According to the Operation Heat case that came a couple years later, were inducted into the Lucchese crime family in Tom's River, I believe at Johnny Perna's house. Um, 
the state police were, were uh, running surveillance and they, and then were able to, I think, confirm from an, uh, from a confidential informant that in November of 2007, I think it was like November 8th or November 10th, the Perna boys were, got their button, were made into the Lucchese crime family, and that Maddie Madonna, who was the godfather of the Lucchese at that time, it, what I find interesting about this is Maddie Madonna came to them. Maddie Madonna came to Tom's River, New Jersey to induct the Pernas. Yeah. It wasn't the Pernas going to New York to yeah. be made by Maddie and the Lucchese administration. It shows you how much respect the Pernas yeah. family well, has. And I think that that's tied to the fact that not only from talking to street sources, but that it's also in the documentation that they were prolific earners. Yeah. And I, I want to point out some things that were in the Operation Heat. And eventually we're going to tie Operation Heat, what, what, what this might have to do with the murder. We don't know for sure, but yeah. it might have. But I, I, was, I was stupefied to read how much money this gambling ring that they were generating. For those out there that still think, oh, the mafia, if, if they're even left, they're running nickel and dime card games, backdoor card games. This is, this is from the New Jersey Attorney General's uh, uh, prosecution of these guys. Over a billion dollars. Yeah. Over a billion dollars this gambling ring was, was generating. I mean, that, that is- For multiple crime families that were working in conjunction with each other. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't hear about that kind of cash other than drugs. Yeah. Uh, these days, so uh, and it was a, it was a it was a very sophisticated online gambling. They had some like offshore something running through Costa Rica. I haven't been in the gambling game a, a long time, so I, I'm not even going to try to explain how. What, when I used to gamble, there were no fucking apps, or <laughs> you went to the dude in your neighborhood. No. So I'm not even gonna. I I, I don't I don't even fight. You know me. I don't even have. A fucking, I've never placed a bet I online. Don't even play fantasy I'm embarrassed to say that. Yeah, I don't. I don't I've even been play with people anymore, so where I'm, I'm like, I want to bet something, and then they'll place the bet for me on online themselves. Yeah, I don't. But know I have never actually placed the bet online. No, I, I don't know how it works either. So I'm, I admit I'm but, ignorant here. But, but like Jimmy, I used to be a big better in my in my yeah, yeah, younger when I, days. When I was younger, yeah, and um. So um, the uh, $2.2 billion in sport wagers in just 15 months. Yeah. That's the kind of scuttle uh, we're, we're talking about here. Um, so in that context, it makes sense that Manny Madonna would go out of his way <laughs> to, to induct these guys because that's some serious cash that they're generating for. And they're really, the they're, they're, and I don't know the, the specific logistics of how they, came upon the making ceremony. But, it, I mean, it, they've got to be the Pernas and, and Manny Madonna. I guess it doesn't matter because they're all in jail now anyway. But you almost got to be saying to yourself, like, we're lucky that they, they didn't have a bug in there. We're yeah. lucky that we didn't have a, a, someone that was recording this. If, if the cops are literally sitting outside taking photos um, in, during your making ceremony and the boss from New York City and his conciliary uh, Joe DiNapoli, who I'll give a, sh I'll give a shameless plug to our uh, most recent um, episode where I did a solo, uh, the class of 23. We're talking about all the New York mobsters that are filtering out of prison. You know, Joe, uh, Joe D just came out of prison a couple weeks ago, but he was, uh, Maddie Madonna has never come out of prison, but he was there at that making ceremony, helped conduct it with Maddie. Yeah. Well, he, according to this, he's one of the guys that was getting the, 
This is who they're kicking yeah, up to. Right, right. So I I just have a very difficult time believing that the timing of that making ceremony had nothing to do with the Logano hit. It just, it just seems too convenient. Well, there's another interesting element here that, that may tie into that, which is this investigation operation heat. So one thing is, was I mentioned, I was really, I found it really striking in terms of how much money this, this gambling ring was generating, but also that they were working with another prominent criminal so, yeah, so this not was, just the other Italian crime family. This was Operation Heat, which came after Jersey right. Boys. They're working with the Bloods, the the Nine Trey Gangsters, which is a offshoot of the either the United uh, Blood Network or, or sorry, United Blood Nation or the Bloods in L.A. It's all they're all kind of cousins to each other. Yeah, so um, that that comes out in this in this case. A lot of wiretaps. Yeah, a lot of conversations between Joey and Johnny Perna and the boss of the Nine Trey Gangsters, Edwin E. Money Spears, right about extortion, about collecting gambling debts, um, things like that. And there, there's even uh, an example where they ask, what "Was it they?" So, what? Who was E. Money? Who was? What was his? Uh, he's the he was the, the boss, the general, like, five star general. Yeah, uh, and um, the boss of the New Jersey Nine Trey Gangsters. So, so the. The Pernas were asking him to lay off one so of their there was, associates. That- there was an associate of the Lucchese's that owed a debt. And one of the nine trade gangsters underneath E-Money Spears was pressing this associate to pay the debt. The associate was ignoring it. And I think there might have been, been some vandal- vandalizing of property. And Perna asked... Spears, if he could get his associate to forgive the debt and and stop pressing the Lucchese associate, and he was gleeful in in telling Perno that that he would take care of that favor for him. Yeah, in those wiretaps, it's very very clear that Edwin Spears is enamored by having any type of contact, any type of business relationship with the mob or the Pernas. Yeah. I mean, there was one of the, we were talking off air. Yeah. One of the the snippets was, was Spears telling Joe Perna, I want you guys to feel me the way I feel you. (laughs) Like, I feel you guys like you're my, you know, brother from another mother. And I, I recognize everything you do. And I, I'm down with everything you're doing. I love your vibe. I want you guys to love our vibe. Yeah, he seems enthusiastic yeah. about this, yeah, this yeah. Uh, relationship. And he's bragging, saying, you know, when the um, the question of the debt came up, he's saying, oh, you could say my name and any street on the East Coast, everybody's going to know who I am and you're all right. And I can, I can, I think he said, I can have anybody pushed or something. Yeah. I don't know if that was a reference to murder or a reference to, uh, you know, muscling someone or getting someone to stop muscling yeah, someone yeah, else. Backing off. Right. So something else that comes up in the, in the, in this, uh, this case from the uh, attorney general in the state of New Jersey is not only were they, they had this relationship in terms of collecting debts and, and extortion, but also um, connections between the Lucchese and bloods inside the prison. The, the they prison were, system. they were, they had a whole giant smuggling operation right. going on where drugs 
any type of contraband yeah. was going. Phones. Was, I know that was a right. big one. Prepaid and phones. They were using Edwin Spears's brother, Baby D. Uh, I think his name was Daryl, but excuse me if it's not. But some first name that starts with a D. Uh, D Spears, aka uh, Baby D, was uh, their guy that was the actual like boots on the ground getting the stuff into the prisons. Yeah, so I think he was locked up. There seems to be this um, lucrative, mutually beneficial relationship between the Lucchese's and the Bloods. So now, what does this have to do with what we start off with? Some of your reporting. How so does first, this connect back to the Legano? So first, they so first from from my sources and and getting privy to some internal documentation that I was fed uh, back in January in the investigation. First, they started looking at the Pernos, specifically Joe and Johnny Perna. Uh, at some point, they pivoted to looking at the Nine Trade gangsters as possibly be, being contracted or farmed, or the, the Lucchese's farmed out the hit to the Nine Trade gangsters. Um, again, let's be very clear that there's been no charges filed in this. I don't think there will ever be charges filed in this. The case has been pretty much sunsetted. Uh, put to bed after all this corruption or allegations of corruption, uh, the mis- the prosecutorial misconduct. I heard that the the higher ups in in New Jersey, both federal and state, kind of just you know bobble up the investigation. Well, and part of the problem, I I I'm sorry to, to derail this, but something we forgot to mention is part, one of the major challenges was one of the major investigators that was backing up the families. Allegations. Got in Sweeney, he had his own ethical yeah. lapses, and so that and then he died complicated in, it. He died of cancer in 2011. Yeah, no, I yeah. think it was 2011. Oh, was it that long ago? Okay. Um, but he was making allegations again. Yeah, we 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 missed this part, but just to fill in some gaps here, in the lawsuit that the, the Logano family filed, as well as a lawsuit that Sweeney filed before he right. got before he died. He was alleging that he had uncovered corruption within Bergen County that he was trying to out as part of an as part of his investigation into what happened to Logano because he was Logano's uh, operator, right, handler, right, and that when he got you know too close to to finding out what he wanted to find out, he was fired. That's that's him saying that, right. Yeah, so that's where we yeah we should have cleared that up earlier. The 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 allegation that someone tipped off the Lucchese is coming from him. coming from the state investigator, right? Jim Sweeney, who was the one to flip Logano. I wonder if it, it, well, maybe this is out there to be found, and I just didn't see it. But I wonder if Logano was already cooperating with Bergen County. Maybe, yeah. Or did, or did Logano's first piece of cooperation come from Sweeney and the New Jersey State Police? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd, ha- I'd have to assume that if the allegations from the Logano family are true and there was some type of illicit relationship between Logano and Mordaga, that wouldn't have Mordaga been using him in some capacity to, to glean intelligence? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been beneficial to his 
whether or not he was doing business with the guy sure. outside of the police department or sure. not. Yeah. Um, so I get that's neither here nor there, right. but, but they had at least one informant told, um, investigators that the Logano hit was farmed out to the nine trade gangsters out of Newark or that a, a and I don't know where Spears was based out of or not. Um, and that Lucchese bosses were upset with how the murder was carried out. Right. Broad daylight at his own restaurant. In a very, very, like a very populated street, right, right off the expressway where there's like a lot of people driving by. Yeah. Um, I talked to one guy who's an investigator um, in that area that didn't think it splits. I've talked to people that have said, ignore the nitrate gangsters. This came from the Lucchese. Right. But then I have other people tell me, and these are people that are like in the know, like with knowledge of the investigation. Then I've had another person tell me, if you know the Pernas and you know, Maddie Madonna, and you know the way that the Lucchese's do things, there's no way that Lucchese's would have pulled this off the way it was pulled off. It's the broad daylight. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, this is just talking to people that were involved in the investigation, uh, combing over uh, court records and, and FBI intelligence memos and New Jersey State Police yeah. documents. Um, well, there's definitely a relationship between the two groups, but I, I want to clarify again that a confidential informant is the one who right. made this allegation. I'm not so, saying, Scott Bernstein yeah, is not saying going. that the Bloods <laughs> killed Frank Logano. Right. I saw that online the other day. They're like, Scott Bernstein is telling everyone that the Bloods were responsible for, for, for the Frank Logano hit. I'm like, no, that's not what I reported. Right. I reported that the investigators investigated a tip right. that said that this happened and that nothing came of it. Right, right. So people that are... On, yeah. uh, on social media, um, you know, they're just mischaracterizing it was just, what they're when, when there's a, especially a, a mob hit, but any murder, you're going to talk to dozens of people. Of they're all going to give you different theories, different beliefs. Some are going to give you, I heard this. That yeah. doesn't mean that what they heard, even if they heard it from a good person yeah. that, that might be in the know, that doesn't mean that that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't, we obviously, we don't know. I mean, um, talking to some people, um, one, one idea is that today, because of, because of what you're describing with the trying to be insulated, that, um, it seems that this could be likely to farm something out like that today because the Italians are trying to distance themselves. But that going back to 2007, May have been earlier in the game where where the Italians may not ha- have been as cautious about whacking a guy mm-hmm. in, in in broad daylight, which which is to the argument that this was an internal thing. The Lucchese's did it. Uh, there, there's there's no need to farm this out. But obviously that you know it, it's all speculative. We don't we don't know right now. It seems like you're right that there's there, you're not going to see any charges. Uh, I mean, I talked I talked to a guy that was unsolved. that was a part of this investigation. He said this thing is bottled up tight and nobody's going back to look at it. And we thought we had some 
early leads that that could have led us to solving this. It, one guy, this, that same guy said to me, "Hey, man, if if we were confident enough in this part of the story about whether it be the Pernas or the Nine Trade Gangsters, it would have dropped in Operation Heat." Sure. Right. Of course, right. It's many years after that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think it was five years, five years later. Um, or five years after Operation Jersey Boys. I think it was three years after three or three or four years after the, the murder. Meth, it was two thousand fifteen, so Oh, fifteen I thought it was fifteen is when they copped. Yeah, I, I see. That's when they you're, you're talking about when this investigation when the case dropped, dropped, I think, in yeah. two thousand ten. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a few years earlier. Yeah. Um so to me, the biggest takeaway, and I'm not trying to be insensitive because obviously you know, someone gets killed, it's tragic. But to me, what I found the most fascinating, um, the, the allegations of, of potential misconduct by criminal justice system, the amount of cash that this, <laughs> this gambling, I still can't get over that, the amount of money they were bringing in, and this really intriguing relationship they have with the Bloods, whether or not they were involved in that murder or not, doesn't change the fact that clearly it's been established they have a working yeah. relationship and, with each other. And as I'm just, this is just crystallizing my head now, as we're talking about it. I mean, Logano was an earner. Yeah. I mean, Logano was a big earner. And just, again, knowing history and knowing the way that, that things are done in, in organized crime. It takes a lot to kill an earner. Of course. Because the, env- the envelope yeah. dries up immediately. Right. Speaks volumes. So I, I, I think of that when I think of the decision that was made by the Lucchese crime family to murder Logano. That's what I believe. I, I also should point out that I had a source who I trust as knowledgeable. Um, and this is not the gospel this is a theory but i I will give it the time of day and i want to throw it out to you and get get what you what you think this guy told me he's not a member of law enforcement he's a a kind of a street guy in new jersey said uh he thinks there's a small chance that this had nothing to do with organized crime that Within the diner culture in New Jersey and New York and Maryland, there are, there's a lot of shadiness that goes on and that there have been, you know, a handful of situations where one co-owner of a diner kills another co-owner of the diner because of beefs within the business. Um, And someone said to me that, they wouldn't have been shocked, not saying that they, they think this happened, but yeah. that it's a possibility that this might have come from other owners because he wasn't the sole owner of, of the Seville diner. Yeah. That this might have came from a, a co-owner and that he was in a, a business beef and that they, this is another part of the theory, that's, it's interesting, that they, knowing that the, the news had already filtered out to the street, that Logano was a cooperator. That they yeah. felt comfortable doing yeah. it, not or going on the theory that they wouldn't have to face retribution. Right. That they would actually be doing a favor. Right. To the and, and plus, investigators would just assume yeah. it was an Italian. Right, right. It was just an Italian thing. 
Well, I mean, I would say this. I don't know any, I didn't talk to that person, but this guy's involved in all sorts of white collar, dirty dealing entanglements. There's any number of people yeah. that had it in for him <laughs> that may not have been directly connected yeah. to organized crime. He's dealing with some perhaps ethically challenged law enforcement members. There's, there's, there's any number of uh, kind of hot water this guy, to use a horrible cliche, yeah. hot water this guy could have found himself in. Um, he's talking to people. I wanted to put that theory out there because sure. I, I think it's it's there's some merit to it no, or no. potential merit to yeah, it yeah. at least to to discuss. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. So again, let's let's fast forward now to Operation Heat. So I think three years or four years after Frankie Logano is murdered, and three or four years after Joey and Johnny Perna uh, get inducted into the Lucchese's, they are headlining defendants along with their dad Ralph, along with Maddie Madonna. Um, along with Joe D, are 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 the marquee defendants in Operation Heat. Now, it turned out to be the least of Manny Madonna and uh, Manny Madonna's problems, because as this case was being right. adjudicated, he orders the murder of Michael Meldish, who was a former, very close friend of his, turned. I don't want to say rival, but. They had a falling out in their friendship. Meldish was former, you know, East Harlem Purple Gang crew leader in the in the seventies. You know, by the time he hit the two thousands, Maddie Madonna's, who at that time was also kind of a Purple Gang affiliate, um, he's the boss of Lucchese's. Michael Meldish is a, a top earning associate and collector for for Madonna, and they they ran into a a beef over. Uh, money that was owed to Madonna that Melder didn't feel like he needed to pay back. And then there was a, a woman that was involved in, yeah, in this. Complicated so, so yeah. So Meldish is ordered murdered by Manny Madonna. He's killed, I think in 2013. And then by 17, the federal case hits right after, I think he pleads guilty to operation heat. The federal case hits with uh, John Panisi, who was the soldier of the Lucchese's, who became a cooperator when he thought they were going to kill him. And he, he takes down the whole administration, right. Maddie, Stevie Wonder, and Jody. Let me ask you something. I, I, know we're, uh, I don't know how much time we have left, but. Um, so going back to Diarco, Amuso and Caso. Pretty much wipe out the whole Jersey Lucchese crew in the, would that have been the 90s? Late 80s. Late 80s? Okay. Because Diarco took over for Gaspipe and Vic in like 88 or 89 when they had to go on the run. Okay, right. Yeah. Because he flips in what, 91? 91. I think he was acting boss for two years. So it's interesting that the the Jersey crew, like, the permit. the Pernas, comeback here. <laughs> right. The Pernas weren't running the Jersey crew until the 2000s. Right. Like the early 2000s. Right. So the Jersey crew has definitely made a full throttled comeback, it seems here. Yeah, and, and I don't know as much about- When I say wiped out, they literally killed. They yeah. literally had guys killed. Yeah. Musso and Casso. <laughs> they were uh, quite uh, a pair of dangerous individuals. Right. At one point, the, it was a, that's a whole other interesting side story. That at one point, the Lucchese, the Jersey crew- we're almost operating like 
independently from because there was a lot of confusion when, yeah, yes, when right. Amuso and Castle got uh, indicted and then went on the run, or Castle went on the run and Amuso didn't. I don't remember exactly, but I know Castle was on the run. But uh, I think they were both on the run, and then maybe Vic got picked up first, and then Castle got picked up. But nobody knew who to who was running what, who to kick up to. Yeah, right, right. So the whole anyhow, I'm just saying that there's a there's a whole larger the, the Lucchese family's uh, imprint in New Jersey is, yeah. is pretty and, interesting. And little Joe Perna, who should be, they, they should all be coming out of prison soon. Matty Madonna's never coming out. He's doing life for the murder that he was convicted of a couple years ago. But um, Ralph Perna, Joe Perna, Johnny Perna, they were uh, sentenced in 16 to 8 to 10 years. Next year will be 8. Um. They're pretty young guy. Well, not Ralph so much, but the sons are pretty young dudes. And I, you know, as we wrap up here, I mean, I I think the Perna boys are names that if you're a mob watcher, if you if you're not aware of them, become aware of them because these are two guys that are going to be around for for quite a while. You know, yeah. the oldest one's only fifty three, the youngest one's forty six, right? And they they have a lot of respect. They're and, friends with close with Joey. I think yeah, I mean, Joe, little I little Joe spends a lot of time, well, at least when he was free, spent a lot of time with Joey Merlino. Yeah. And there's a, if you just Google, do a Google search, put in Joey Merlino, Joe Perna, you can find maybe five or six photos that are online of them just, you know, out on the, out on the town. Hanging out. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, but uh, yeah, I mean, North Jersey is complicated because they have their own family, De Calvicantes, but if you're if you're unfamiliar with with what goes on there, the five families usually have a presence there. Yeah, too. Uh, most of the, uh, you know, I would say every five family. Even Philly has a crew yeah, up in North Jersey. I would say every five family, every five family organization has a crew operating in New Jersey. Yeah, and and North Jersey, this area that we're talking about, is is really an extension of the metropolitan New York City area. So there's a lot of money to be made in this. In this area, so I'm kind of interested, in, and uh, feel free to shoot us a, a, a message to, to answer my question. And I'm going to do my own due diligence on it. I'm kind of interested in in researching Ralph Perna and where he came from, and who, you know, who groomed him. Yeah, how did he reach the point? Because I, I didn't know about him until he became a capo, and his kids were running around with the Philly guys. But maybe that's just because I I, I haven't really. Um, until recently, I, I wasn't really paying a ton of attention to the Lucchese crime family. Now I am. So yeah. Well, I wonder if our friend John Panisi yeah. can I, I, because add I some think color. He's talked about. Oh, so he knows. Well, John Panisi knows. Or when he was on the street, was yeah. very close to Little Joe. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you know I enjoyed this. Um, I hope you know our audience is entertained and and is informed by this. We don't really have any answers. We have a, a, a wrongful death lawsuit that was tossed out of court after a decade recently, and we have an unsolved murder from 16 years ago. From what I'm being told, it, there's no traction on that investigation. So it looks like people did get away with murder, whoever it is, whether it's organized crime connected or not. And Frankie Logano, 67 years old, um, you know, in some ways... You might look at Logano as, you know, the, the start for this push to where we are now with, or one of the 
came in, one of the pioneers um, of this trend, uh, you know, across the country where, you know, taking my business or taking parts of my business off the street mm-hmm. and, and putting it in the boardroom, putting it into white collar crimes and using guys that have Ivy League educations. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, but you'll notice with this case, the the guys that owe money and they're not paying it what they owe, th- then it gets back to street. Right, right. <laughs> it gets back to some street crime. So uh, it's it's usually not too far away. But your, your point is well taken about the online gambling, that that seems to be the future because with everything being legalized, gambling being legalized now. But also just organizations, mob organizations, looking to people, even like a Panisi, you know, guys that aren't oh, right. so not knuckle draggers, guys that are yeah. savvy in the business world, yeah. not just to, to operate fronts. Right. Yeah. Like where you can get into white collar businesses and do a myriad of, yeah. of rackets under, you know, under the guise of doing legitimate business. Yeah. But you, you got, I, I would say the, the, the cautionary tale is Messino promoted a lot of those guys. Oh, yeah, right. Frank those, Copa, those Frank guys, Copa, yeah. Those guys collapsed right. <laughs> under the pressure. Under the pressure, they yeah. They all started it's a, sl- it's a slippery slope. Because those guys weren't used to doing... Well, that's probably... Those guys what, didn't do prison, state oh, prison, and time... It goes right back to Frank Logano. <laughs> yeah. Maybe right. they thought that this guy can't do time, and he's yeah, going to flip on us. Time. And by the way, he, he did. And he did. Right, right. Well, uh, thanks again uh, for listening, everyone. Please subscribe to our channel if you like it. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our audio podcast. Please, uh, so, you know, contact us on social media. Share us on social media. I'm I'm trying to get Scott to be more interactive on social media. He's uh, <laughs> he's I, like, I I have to be better sometimes. No, but honestly, and I have no problem I'm saying this. Ball. No, it's true. I have to be better at it. But for for the audience, just I want you to understand. For my mental health, sometimes it's better that I stay off of the yeah, internet I in terms of that. comments and yeah. threads. Not so much what we got on YouTube, and that's why I I can't you know, throw the baby out with a bath or the, what's the term? Yeah. The baby with the bath, bath water. Um, because I don't, the negative energy that I, that I get sometimes doesn't come from the YouTube people. So I shouldn't make them pay for it, but there are other, um, you know, spaces on the internet where my name can be quite a lightning rod and uh, it can get kind of really down and dirty. And when I start consuming it, 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 it just puts me in a really Bad no, I, energy I, state. I feel you. I, I've uh, you guys, you and Benny have, uh, and you know Roberto back in the day when he was part of it have thicker skin. Uh, I see some of the comments, and I, I, I think th- does our our modest little podcast really make you that, that angry? Yeah. <laughs> you really, you're really that pissed off about our. Well, what, one guy I did, I did respond. <laughs> I did respond to one guy yeah, or when we were looking at well, the Francis. You don't like us, but you like, really Bern- seem a bent out of shape. One guy it. was like, Bernstein's a Biden lover. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The political stuff gets yeah, yeah. That'll get that'll like get a lot not of not at all. Uh, but but uh, yeah, some of the comments are very. And I think God, boy, you're really that angry about our our modest little uh, operation here. But but whatever. But we do get a lot of positive feedback, and we appreciate that. And and some people have questions, and the questions are almost always aimed at you. You know a lot more about this yeah. stuff than. And I promise I'll I be do, better so. at it. I went on this weekend. I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna set one or two times a um a week and just. You know, spend 20 yeah, minutes or whatever. Yeah, that's a good idea. So we appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next uh, week. We'll see you next time. Out. Oh.